John chapter 6, starting reading at verse 22. This is God's word. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread, after the Lord had given thanks. When the people saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labour for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then the Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose mother and father we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, 
which I shall give for the life of the world. Amen. We'll end our reading there at the end of verse 51. We thank God that he blesses us when we read his truth. Let's pray and ask for God's help to understand these verses of scripture. Almighty God, we are easily confused. Our minds are slow. And so we ask for the enlivening and enlightening power of your Holy Spirit that we may hear your word today and that we may be fed not only by bread but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've just sang that song, Holy, Holy, Holy. And I'm sure that everybody here, when you hear that word repeated three times, you think of that song, don't you? Or you think of Isaiah chapter 6 and think about our great God, who, as we've just said with the boys and girls, is the most holy and only totally holy being in all the universe. I want to suggest to you today that there is another word that when repeated three times will make everybody in the room think of the same person. At least those who are my age or older will think of the same person. And that word is never. If you hear that word repeated three times, am I right? Never, never, Never. Makes us all think of the late Ian Paisley, I think. But I'm not going to state an opinion on Ian Paisley today. I'm not going to ask for an opinion on him. Instead, I want you to change your perception of that word never. And I want to change the thought that you might have when you hear it repeated three times. When you hear that phrase, never, 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 I want you to think of Jesus. I want you to think of Jesus as the bread of life. I hope this is something that can be ingrained in our brains and written on our hearts, especially today as we come to share in the Lord's Supper. In our passage, we have three nevers for anybody who will come to Jesus. Those who come to Jesus will never hunger. Those who come to Jesus will never be cast out. And those who come to Jesus will never die. Never hunger, never be cast out, and never die. Never, never, never. Let's begin with never hunger. We pick up in our passage with Jesus, and it's just after the feeding of the 5,000. And the crowd have followed him over to the other side of the sea. And Jesus begins in verse 26 to rebuke them. They've they've followed him because, not because they want to follow the one who can save them from their sins. Not because they see who Jesus is. But they follow him because they want bread. Jesus tells them, you're following me because you ate your fill and you want more. They don't want more of Jesus. They simply want more bread. They seem to think they're onto a good thing. This man can produce miracle bread from nowhere. And so they follow him because they want to have their stomachs filled. They want to have their appetites satisfied. But Jesus won't give them more loaves and fish. Instead, he begins to teach them. And he teaches them that there is something more 
more significant to the bread than they realize. He teaches them there's a spiritual reality that this bread points to. You notice that in verse 27. Jesus says there's a bread that does not perish. A bread that endures to eternal life. And he makes the point really explicitly, both in verse 35 and then later on in verse 48. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In verse 35, he goes on to say, he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. And the teaching of Jesus could not be more clear to us here. Each one of us needs to eat, don't we? We need to eat to sustain ourselves physically. Jesus is saying we need to be fed spiritually to sustain our spiritual lives. When it comes to spirituality, there are all sorts of things people try to feed themselves with. Many of them are idols that we create out of the things of this world. For some people, it's food. For others, it's drink. For some, it's money. For some, it's sex, be that real or online. Some people fill the void with entertainment, television, computer games. Endlessly scrolling through the internet, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Other people have desires that seem virtuous on the surface. The happiness and and health of our children, perhaps. That can become an idol. The image of being good and doing the right thing. Even the image of being seen in church. That's how some people try to sustain themselves spiritually. Maybe I haven't mentioned what it is for you. Well, maybe yours is pride. Or maybe it's something else that I haven't thought of. But you should ask yourself today, what, what is the one thing that I need to make me happy? What's the one thing, if I had that, I would be content? All these things are idle. And they will let us down. Everything under the sun will will satisfy us, maybe for a moment, but then the satisfaction goes. We all know this, don't we? If you've ever bought anything new, you know that feeling when, when you have something new, maybe a new phone? But as soon as it's out of the box and the little plastic cover is taken off, it doesn't seem so great anymore, does it? None of these things can satisfy. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Everlasting satisfaction. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Never. Christ is bread that gives everlasting satisfaction. He is the only one who can fulfill the deepest longings and desires of our hearts. So that when everything else fades, when everything else turns to dust, Christ never will. He is the only one who can give us everlasting satisfaction. So that in this world, through all of the ups and the downs of this life, and in the midst of disappointments and diagnoses and disaster, Christ himself brings peace, joy, and fulfillment to our souls. As we come to the Lord's table today, 
It's important to know that a small piece of bread and a tiny cup of wine will neither satisfy our hunger or our thirst. But it's not our bodies that are being fed in this meal. By faith, we are feeding on Jesus. You know, at the time of the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, but just before that, in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, the, the Mass or the Eucharist was seen as an infusion of the benefits of God to the believer. It was like drinking a, a can of spiritual Red Bull. You could take the Mass and then you would live off the buzz until the next time. The Mass was like a stimulant to, to help you in living a good life for God. But the biblical teaching that was rediscovered was that it is not the benefits of Christ, but Christ himself, which we receive when we come to the Lord's table. We do not get simply the benefits of Christ. We get Jesus himself. With all of those blessings and benefits, grace, mercy, love, peace, forgiveness, all of those. But they come to us in a package. They come to us packaged together in Jesus who feeds us with himself. And he is an inexhaustible source of these benefits. And so when we come to Jesus, we receive bread which fills us so that we are never hungry again. Never. So as you eat the bread today, please know a tiny piece of bread cannot satisfy your stomach. But Christ is all and gives all that you will ever need to satisfy your soul for all eternity. And friends, let me say this again as clearly as I can. If you are not taking communion today, please consider what it is. What is it that you're looking to for spiritual fulfillment? And please realize that anything but Christ is a cheap substitute that will leave you wanting more. Let's move on to our second, never. Never be cast out. Jesus says some very interesting things in this passage about those who come to him, who belong to him. Verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Friends, in this verse is the very heart of the gospel of grace. It tells us the wonderful truth that salvation has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Christ. There are many religions in this world and they all seem to have something in common. They, they all tell us how we can get to God. Some teach that it's through good works and effort. Others teach that God is not a being, but rather a state of mind, and, and we can get there by meditation or something like that. Other religions say you need to be born into a certain family or a certain nation. But still others will give us a list of rituals and practices that we have to go through to enter into the presence of the divine. Christianity is not like any of those religions. It stands apart. Other religions, no matter where they're from or who they claim to be for, tell us to do something. Do this, do that. Then you will be able to see God. We have to be honest and say, there's been a fair amount of that teaching even in our own denomination. 
Never mind in the Christian church. It used to be that in order to be a Christian, it was expected that you kept the rules. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't swear, and don't go with girls who do. That's what people think makes you a Christian. We even have in this country the phrase good living, whatever that means. But the gospel frees us from that. It's much more freeing than that. The gospel of the grace doesn't tell us to do. It says Christ has done it all. As usual, Martin Luther is helpful on this point. Luther says, one is not righteous who does much, but one who without work believes much in Christ. The law says do this and it is never done. Grace says, believe in this, and everything is already done. So do you see verse 37? The gospel of grace is explained to us. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. We are not in because of our works, and so our works cannot have us cast out we are in because of faith in Christ and that means we can never be cast out because Christ will never be cast out and united to him we are perfect before the father so friends if you are the kind of person and I know there are people here who worry about your salvation if you struggle with assurance let me assure you today you do not need to worry Anyone who comes to Jesus will never be cast out. Christ is the one who has won us. It is through his death and resurrection. And so there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do to push yourself out of his love and grace. Maybe you're somebody here today and you've held back from becoming a Christian. From making that commitment because you think there are all these rules and it's too hard for me. I I couldn't keep them all. Maybe you think, I'm just not good enough. I'll let Jesus down. Let me assure you today that we all let Jesus down. None of us keep the commandments as we should. We try, but we don't keep them. That's why every Sunday we have a confession of sin. Because we sin every week. But what do we hear immediately after our confession of sin? We hear an assurance of pardon. Because of what Jesus has done. Friends, if that's you, if if you think you're not good enough, then don't delay. Come to Jesus. You need a saviour. None of us is good enough. We all need a saviour. And Christ is the only one who promises that he will keep us. That we will never be cast out. Because he's the only one who has fought for us who has shed his blood and had his body broken for us. If you've never trusted in Jesus before, come today to Christ. Or at least come and speak to me and and we'll investigate this Hope Explored course together. Never, never hunger, never be cast out. Our last point today, never die. This is such good news. 
Look at verses 50 and 51, the end of the passage. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Such dense, dense verses. Only a couple of verses, but so much packed into them. So rich and filled with deep gospel truth. Only Jesus can say these things. Only he can describe himself this way. And what does he tell us? He says that through faith in him, we will never die. The great truth of the gospel is that he did die so that we might live. He has given his flesh. And that is something that will become clearer and clearer as we go through the words of institution today. This is my body broken. And I want you to hear those words personally today. It can be so easy for us to go through the motions when it comes to communion. We can become accustomed to doing the same things in the same ways and there can just be a laziness about the ritual. But we shouldn't become lazy about this. Embrace the ritual. Embrace the drama of the Lord's Supper and take to heart those words which we know so well. If you're a Christian here today and to take the Lord's Supper, you need to be a Christian. It was for your life that Christ died. It is through his body broken and his blood shed that you have everlasting life. And if you've never trusted in Christ, hear this good news. You can live forever. But it's only through Jesus. It's only through faith in Jesus that we can have sure and certain hope that we will never die. As you participate in the Lord's Supper today, know that it's through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus that you receive the blessings, that you receive the benefits. If you eat without faith in Christ, well, then you're eating judgment onto yourself. That is misusing this meal. But if you partake through faith in Christ, knowing that in him alone your sins can be forgiven, then the bread and wine take on a spiritual significance which is far beyond the sensory things of this world. Through the elements of the supper, we see, we smell, we taste, we touch, but we're actually lifted up. We do these physical things, but we're lifted up spiritually into the heavenly places where Jesus is. We're not only feasting on Christ, we feast with Christ. We're eating a meal which brings us everlasting life. So for a Christian, death is an enemy that has been defeated and it has no more power over us. Upon our death, we pass immediately into the nearer presence of Jesus and we will behold his face in light and glory. And all of the stresses and strains and struggles of this world will pass off our shoulders. Because sin and death will finally be overcome. Our faith will be turned to sight. But until that day, we do not live in fear. We live in the sure and certain hope that Christ, that in Christ, we will never, never, never die. Jesus is the bread of life. And those who come to him will never hunger. 
will never be cast out and will never die. Never, never, never. Let me pray for us.